Welcome to episode seven of the Hustle Sanctuary today with my man Arlington Forbes. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. We're, this is the maiden voyage. We're um, in Malibu, California right now in sort of a, a serene sort of, how would you describe this? Back patio, lots of... Yeah, back patio. Uh, lots of like non-water drinking plants desert zen is the vibe so it's like it's perfect for the hustle sanctuary um people people hustle in the desert people hustle in the (laughs) desert man i've never met a zen hustler (laughs) (laughs) tell us a little bit about you know you're from canada tell us a little bit about you know life growing up in canada if you wouldn't mind (laughs) life in canada yeah yeah what was it like growing up in canada and then we'll transition to you today Life in Canada was lovely. (laughs) Canada is just a utopian society. That's what I thought. That's what you thought. No, it's good. I mean, um, my mother's from South America, Guyana. My father's Jamaican. So I was, um, grew up in Canada, first generation. Um, It was cool. It was cool and interesting because in Canada, I really grew up in a West Indian. I lived in an Italian neighborhood. But within that Italian neighborhood was a strong West Indian community. It had a good cultural um, environment, so very West Indian. Mm -hmm. But also I had access to a lot of other cultures because a lot of my friends, we were most of us were first generational, Italian, Mm -hmm. Portuguese, Mm -hmm. uh, Greek, Czechoslovakian, Croatian, Chinese, Nigerian, Ghanaian. We were all first generation because all of our parents came up came to Canada through various immigration um was there a feeling of like these families being grateful for being able to have a chance to build a life in Canada or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there there was there was uh, I, I would say yeah there was that sense of like Canada has opportunity right because I think most of our parents, they came there for this opportunity. I don't think it was the golden opportunity that you see presented in the U.S. Because I think Canada is just a much more conservative country. If Canada built a space shuttle, they'd be like, yes, we built the space shuttle. <laughs> Today in hockey news. Whereas in America, it's like, we built the space shuttle. There right. is no shuttle like it. It goes to the moon. It's incredible. Exactly. You know, it's a different environment. Exactly. So I think that our parents did feel like it was a better place. There was going to be more opportunity. But they had to adapt to a lot of things because you're still a visible minority. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of that, getting yeah. used to that. I mean, I don't feel like I grew up. I grew up with racism of course not to the extent as it was here yeah it is here but you know it was still there so yes they came for betterment but they had to adjust you know my uncle came to canada and he arrived at the airport he had no winter coat it's not the melting pot that the united states is obviously right itself a mosaic it's a tapestry so the idea is if you're a west indian Mm -hmm. and canadian you're a West Indian Canadian, mm. not just a Canadian. Okay. If you're Greek, you're like Greek Canadian. You're Jamaican uh, Canadian. You're Polish Canadian. Yeah. So you, the what happens is people really try and keep their culture intact. Right. And Canada kind of, um, Canada encourages that. They're like, we want your culture. We have to that be a here part. too, don't we? Native American, African American. Like, yeah, but don't within African American, there's so much construct that's negated. 
Okay. You know, like people will meet me and be like, oh, you're African-American because if you're black, you must be African-American. There's only right. one body you can belong you're to. You're boxed in. No right. one's ever like, oh, are you right. Nigerian? Are right, you right, right. Are you from St. Croix? Man. No, they're like, oh, you're black, you're African-American. Right. I'm like, I'm not even American, I'm Canadian. <laughs> so I go through that all the time. I'm like, not only am I not African-American, I'm not even American. <laughs> you know, you go through that a lot. So I think in Canada, we really promote that mosaic. So there are yeah. people that have been in Canada two generations that if you met them, you'd think like, oh, they came from Europe yesterday because their Greek accent or Italian accent or Jamaican accent is so strong. Yeah. But they've been in Canada for 50, 60 years. That's crazy. So talk to us about the transition from Canada to the States. And like how I got you, here? Yeah, like how you got here. Literally what I got here. Yeah, and what were you doing when you first <laughs> arrived? And actually, like, what was the... Reason? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was getting ready to graduate from university. I went to Carleton University in mm-hmm. Ottawa, Canada. Okay. I was getting ready to graduate, and just as I was about six months away from graduation, I had a crisis of conscience, mm. which was, I don't want to go to law school, like you. Wow. <laughs> right. You got the same story, man. Exactly. I was like, I don't want to go to law school. Yeah. And with what I've studied, which is um, law, yeah. if you don't go to law school... Then you can go work as a, uh, you can work with kids, you can do things like yeah. that, you know. Um, I had friends that were working in like halfway houses, things of that nature. Okay. I was like, I don't want to do that. We're feeling that. Yeah, so I'd always been intrigued by media. I really mm-hmm. wanted to be, in truth, I wanted to be the editor of a magazine. Okay. That was the dream job. If were I you, could like, be a fashion editor, yeah. that would have been my dream job. Was okay. I doing anything to further that goal no No. (laughs) but that was the dream so i went in and met with a counselor and they were like well you should study communications okay i was like okay what's that yeah they explained it to me i was like cool this is everything Mm -hmm. i love Mm -hmm. you can appropriate some of your um transferable skills transferable credits already okay i did that and then like the next week i saw one of my friends on tv Mm -hmm. i was like damn how'd she get to do that called her up this girl named amna Mm -hmm. um Saw her on TV, called her up. She said, look, I work on this community channel. You should come in. I went in. They had a meeting, and it was a kid's show. It was like, what to do after dark for young people in Ottawa? Interesting. So they're like, this is your first meeting, so we don't really expect you to contribute, but you can Was this just a local station? Local station. Equivalent of like a PBS. Gotcha. Or or like KCAL 9. Okay. You know, local PBS. Yeah. Yep. So they're like, you know, it's your first meeting. We don't expect you to really have much input, but you can catch the vibe. Mm -hmm. I sat, listened. And they were like, well, do you have any ideas to contribute? I probably hit them with like 20 ideas. Wow. Because I had been a voracious reader of pop cultural information. Wow. So you put me in a room and like, yeah, what are kids into? Well, I can tell you what details is saying, wow. what GQ has been saying, what Vanity Fair has been saying, what That's different very teen cool, magazines man. have been saying. So I just downloaded all and they were like, great. Then they were like, how about if you were on air? I was like, sure. So in that station, I learned to do everything from switching, like working in the control room, um, directing, shooting on the cameras. So were you there for a job per se? I was there to volunteer. Right. Okay. I was there as a volunteer. Because it feels like it's almost got like placed in your lap in a sense, right? It 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 was one of those moments where your life just goes, it's like I'd been reading all these magazines for all these years. Yeah. So I'm kind of like the Cliff Clavin of what seems to be useless information because I haven't been able to use it. Yeah. And then I come across this opportunity 
where all that information wow. was useful. Wow. I was like, this is awesome. And they thought I was awesome. It wasn't just you going, pretty this amazing. is great. They were and like, it was counterintuitive because like your life took this path just because you saw your friend on TV. Exactly. That's cool. And the funniest yeah. part is she never went on with TV. Wow. I moved to America to do TV. Wow. Literally. Love I went, it. I left Ottawa. Love it. And I went back to Toronto. Yeah. And I had a reel. Yeah. Because I had done on air mm -hmm. hosting, they made me the host of the show. Wow! So I had done on air hosting for a few for a season. Yeah. So I was comfortable interviewing people the whole night. Yep. I had shot camera. I had directed episodes. Mm -hmm. I had worked in the control room, switching three CG little CG things, all of that. Yeah. I went to Toronto. I went to Much Music, which is our MTV. Oh yeah, sure. I said, hey, I'd sure. like to work here. I'd like to intern here. Yeah. They were like, we don't have any intern spots. So I was like, what? So I sent my tape to E.T. Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment yeah, Tonight. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were like, come on down. I for, moved to America. Wow. So were you on air for E.T.? No, I no. got um, Ed Burns' job okay. as a production assistant. Okay. He had just done Brothers McMullen. Had nice. Yeah, Connor, yeah, was. yeah, that's right. And so he left. Wow. And there was a vacancy. So I went in as an intern. And within like a month, you got I got a gig. PA gig. Nice. So as a PA, all you do is you, you drive the car, you set up the lights, yeah. you help with questions if it's yeah. you know in your field. And again, yeah. my pop culture stuff came in handy. So we'd go to runway shows and I'd be like, that's this designer. This is what he did. That's that wow. model. And she's famous because of this. So you, you still stayed this. like heavy on your research and staying yeah. in the because loop, Because it was right? my love. Yes. I was buying the magazines anyways. I was right. reading what was going on in fashion. Isn't that music, the key television. for like what you want to do in life is like when you when you can do it and not get paid for it, like you're on to something, yeah. right? Like yeah. so that's totally agree. For everybody listening out there. And the beauty yeah. in life is follow your passion. Mm -hmm. If you love it, like this guy said to me, follow your passion, the money will come. Right. Because if you follow your passion, you're gonna be good at it. Yeah. If you love doing it and I say, you know what, Sam? I need you to work seven days a week. Right. But what I want you to do is go to concerts and find me the dopest artists out there. Right. Are you going to be like, fuck, <laughs> the concert on Sunday? You're going to be like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Because you're picking the bands. Exactly. You're going to see who you want to see. Yeah. That's your passion. And you're going to be good at it. You're, going to, you're willing to do more than the guy who really doesn't like that job. Totally. And if totally. that is the case, you're going to be the best. Right. At it. Exactly. And if you're the best at it, exactly. people are going to pay you the best. I want to make another note on this too, because it's like the sort of side piece to this that maybe people that for, they forget. Mm -hmm. You know, look, every job, no matter how much is great, it's going to come with some stuff that you might not enjoy. Like, oh, yeah, even for Kim's, sure. you got like, maybe you don't like accounting, but you got to run your numbers for Kim, whatever. So, yes. my point is, is like when you love something, you know, it pushes you through the bullshit parts of it yes. that you don't like. Yes. Am I right? I agree. Yeah. No, job, <laughs> yeah. no job is perfect. No. No job is perfect. No. But but, but, but when you got that passion, it kind of armors you up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For everything. I think, yeah. I think like you hit it on the head. Like yeah. passion is what keeps you going. Passion is what gets you up in the morning. Passion is what allows you to put in an extra hour or two or three, an extra day. Exactly. To read a few more pages. Exactly. To do a little more research. That's passion. And on that note, another thing, I'm reading a book right now called Ego is the Enemy. Mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically, one of the one of the sort of premises is that ego prevents people from applying themselves and continuing to learn because you got some natural talent. Like, you've got natural talent. Hopefully. 
I'd say so. <laughs> but no, but you're still applying yourself and you're, st- you're still learning. You're still, I feel like you're a student of life, you know? Yeah. I feel like that too. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, when you say that so, like he, he, he's positing that like a lot of people, they'll be like, man, I'm really good at this naturally. Like I could chill. Like, right. don't yeah. you see people do that? I feel like, you know, we split up into different pods of people. Mm-hmm. There's different personality pods. And there is that person that where they are is fine because they got the natural ability yeah, I'm like just here. Uh, right i'm here i just i'm just here if i'm humming along life at a six yeah i'm great right at a six right but there's that other person who's like i'm at a six but i can get to a seven i'm at a seven right. i can get to an eight i'm at an eight i can get to nine they're always moving forward they're looking to learn new things right they're looking to constantly engage they're looking to take chances yeah they're they're not chasing money Right. They're chasing experience and life. The craft. Life itself. The craft, too. Yeah, just life itself. And I'm older now, so I definitely feel I see life differently. I'm 47. Yep. And I look at life differently. I was going to say, like, um, something like an example that came, that spoke to this. I'm going to six, seven. Kobe Bryant, I think, was the the, the best player on his team, you know, for for most of his career. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy would be... At the gym, you know, at like 4.30 in the morning, yes. shooting, and, and here these other <clears throat> players aren't as good as him, and they're not yeah, putting in that kind of work. Yeah. So how do you, yeah, talk to us about that, like, well, you know. You know, it's <laughs> funny, I've had, I, I have a coach, that, a fitness coach that I work out with, and we mm-hmm. talk a lot about Kobe Bryant, because he's a triathlete. Mm-hmm. There's a mindset that a person like Kobe Bryant has mm-hmm. that's rare. Mm. It's truly rare. Like. Mm. I'm not even close to Kobe Bryant. I wouldn't do not get it twisted. There is I am not at that level. Because the truth is Kobe Bryant is that person that failure for him doesn't exist. It can't he can't fail in the process. Like it has to be bang on. It's like Michael Jordan said, I will cheat my mother at cards to win. There are some people that Did have Jordan to Jordan really say yeah, that? Yeah, he really said that. There are people that have to win at all counts, and they'll do whatever it takes. Huh. And those people are what you consider to me, what I consider to be like a Kobe Bryant, an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. He will shoot 10,000 jump shots a day. But this I, mindset, it travels beyond just sports, of course. Like, it's other things, whether you well, can be a professor, the, you can yes, be whatever. Yeah, but that is, ability to yeah. shoot 10,000 jump shots a day, yeah. let's be clear, that's rare. Yeah. It's great to even find a guy that'll shoot 5,000 jump shots a day. That's a great day. point. I would say I'm in the 5,000 jump shots yeah. a day, Yeah. but there's the 10,000. What, 10, what, what keeps shot. you from, like, being from the 5,000? What keeps you... I think it's other interest. From, it's other interest. It's other interest. I think when you look at... Kobe Bryant, for yeah. example. He yeah. just had his HBO doc, the, the, um, documentary. Yeah. One of the things he said that blew my mind is friendships take time. Mm-hmm. I don't have many friends. Did he say that? Basketball takes like all everything. my time. Wow. Because life's about choices. Wow. We all know that. There was a time in my life where dating was not a priority. Yep. Why? My career was a priority. Yep. Well, Kobe Bryant's career is his priority above and beyond 90% of what most people would need to live. Yep. Friends. Crazy. He's like, I don't really have many friends. Why? 
because I need to get that 10,000 jump shot in today and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. Yeah. So a lot of those, so that's what I'm saying makes that person so rare. I think when you have other... So what do you think? Okay, so there's all, you know, like the self-help movement and the Tony Robbins yeah. train, right? Yeah. That's a big money industry. People yes. buy into that. For and sure. It's almost like what you're saying is... These people buy into that. They want to be inspired and motivated, but you know the bulk of them just don't have it in them. You're saying exactly. That is exactly right. what I'm saying. Let's let's get back on this. All right. So you're at Much Music, right? Yeah. They and and let's know. let's do the transition, right? Nothing. Okay, goes. Much Music has nothing for and me. And now you're at ET. So now I'm at ET. I'm okay. a PA. I'm driving around. My pop culture information is okay. coming in handy. Yep. And I'm an entrepreneur by heart. So while I'm a PA by day. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours, a friend of mine, we had created a hip hop show that was airing in Toronto. Okay. On much music? Uh, no, it was airing on another. another okay. We, okay. We got it on a community access channel. Okay. They have, Did like, you have like Cardinal Official on there? No, we had like Buster <laughs> Rhymes. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I was in New York. Uh, and so I was watching and learning from other producers. Was this in like the golden hip hop era too? This Nas, Busta, right? Yeah. 94. Yeah. So. Yeah. Biggie had just dropped. Yeah, this wow. was in the era when Biggie just had a record release. That's incredible, we there, man. That's incredible. Filming that. That's this incredible. This was in the era when you didn't have to call publicists to get an interview with a rapper. Wow. Because... What did you do? Just hit the manager? You would just... you call a hit record the... label and just be like, hey, we'd like to interview Busta Rhymes. Wow. Or you'd know Busta's friend. Right. Who'd be like, hey... Buster's gonna be here. You just hit up Buster's and you barber. Just call him. Yeah, right, yeah. Literally. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, you're laughing, but literally. <laughs> That's what you do. We were interviewing people in front of their house. <laughs> like, yeah, let's just go to Buster's house. That's amazing. Yeah, because the, the hip hop was so. It was evolving. It, yeah, and it was this like. That's when you could give was, a guy a t shirt, put it on him, yeah. and interview him. That's amazing. Wearing your I feel brain. like there was more um, camaraderie almost during those days, wouldn't you say? Like, I now would, it's a little more. It was you know? less of a business. Yeah. It was less... At that point, it was less of a business and not everyone understood the level of business it could be. So like I right. said, you could walk up to LL and be like, hey, L, we want to ask you some questions. Do you mind putting on this t-shirt? Throw on this canvas shirt. Yeah, throw on this <laughs> canvas shirt. Like, yeah, no problem, man. That's oh, that's pretty cool awesome. shirt. Let me put that on. That's pretty awesome. Right? Now, you'd be like, hey, Al, right. you whoa. <laughs> I know, yeah, right. <laughs> what do I get? What's my Of course, yeah, of it's course. Become, it's become more of okay. an uh, evolved business. But yeah, so we were doing the hip-hop show in Toronto okay. as I was PAing in the day. At ET, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was now, making calls. I was honing my skills. Yeah. You know, I was interviewing people. I was booking interviews. I was choosing That's locations. Awesome. We were editing the footage. So I did that. Yeah. Then a guy that I worked with at ET said, hey, there's a job opening coming up at Inside Edition. I think you should take it. Mm -hmm. I went over there as a runner. Oh, wow. Now, a runner is a gopher. I know. So Seems like a step down almost from PA. It was. It felt yeah. like a step down, but it felt like it had opportunity. Was there any like, whoa, like what's next? Or was there pretty, were these transitions, because now we're up to what, three transitions? Four trans. You know what yeah. I mean? You went from much to this to that. Was it all pretty seamless? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't seamless. when I was right. peeing at ET, yeah. this part I probably didn't add in. Yeah. When I was peeing at ET, I was only there three days a week. Okay. So I was working at HMV Records. Right. The record yeah, store. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a four Tower Records a equivalent. Yeah, tower, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I was working in a record store four days a week. Sure. At ET, three days a week. Okay. Four 10-hour days. 
three eight-hour days. Man. And then whenever I could squeeze in a moment, I was running around to interview Buster Rhymes, Bob Deep, whoever. You were hustling. Yeah, I was hustling. So when the three days a week, I had an opportunity to drop the record store, which was... I'm in a record store with two degrees making $6 an hour. Wow. Right? Wow. And I'm at ET three days a week trying to get full time so I could dump the record thing. Yep. So I gave up the record thing so I could interview more and took a job as a waiter. Mm. Because it freed up my days. Yeah. I could waiter at night, make money, to pay my bills. Wow. On top of what I'm making at ET. So now so your wa- full time opportunity comes up. So I'm like, well, ET doesn't seem to have a full time thing for me. Inside does. It's a runner. You shift. I'm a what PA. about the record store? You're still doing the record store. You dump, dump that. that. Dump, dump that. that. All right. To become a waiter. <laughs> wow. All right. Dump okay. the record. So now a you're a waiter and I'm you're an inside edition. I'm a, no, I'm a waitering guy at ET who's about to transition <laughs> okay. to Inside Edition wow. and dump it all. You're dumping it all for I'm Inside Edition. The, yeah, because it's full time. All right, all right. Now but I got I'm you. a gopher. But you're a gopher. So now I have right. two wow. degrees. Two degrees, and, and, you've already, and you've already put in some, like, you put up. Uh, yeah, because I'm still doing my own hip hop show. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. airing in Canada. So you got some points on the board. You're doing yeah, some cool some stuff, s- but, you're, but you're a gopher. Yeah. Arlington, we need a live chicken. It's in Harlem. Jump in the cab, get the chicken, bring it back to the show. Man. Because I'm gophering for the Rolanda Watch show, if you remember that. Wow. Inside Edition and American Journal. Oh, I remember American Journal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kit Hoover. Yeah, you know, right. Kit Hoover, right. she's on Access Hollywood. Right. Yeah, we work together at American That's Journal. That's awesome, man. So okay. I'm gophering for these three shows. I can't wait for the next transition, man. Oh, this, Please. The next All right, give me the next transition. Right, yeah. So one of the things I've always believed in, my mother, my mother taught me this as a kid. Mm-hmm. Always show up for work looking your best. Mm, okay. So, in what regard? Like the way from you your, dress, the right? way you carry Just yourself, present, the way you speak. Yep, you make yep, sure everything. your presentation is on yep. point. And the way you talk to people. The way yeah, you talk yeah, yeah, to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. The way you dress, the way you talk to people, the yep. way you write a letter. Okay. Everything. You must always be on point. I like it. So, at Inside Edition, American Journal, I'm a gopher. You get mail, I'm the guy that puts it on your desk. You need a chicken from Harlem, that's me. Oh, that's great. Deborah Norville needs her uh, dry cleaning, that's me. Wow. We need tape. Gas in the tank of my car? No. <laughs> it's New York, no one drove. <laughs> but like, you know, we need a satellite tape to go downtown, pick it up. We need a model's lookbook to be picked up at Wilhelmina Modeling Agency. Wow. That's me. I just wow. drive around in cabs all day picking stuff up it's unreal okay Gopher. but it's better than being at a record store i love it i'm in at least i'm on the field that's I how i felt. i'm on the field talk about the perspective because when i was an intern at interscope i was smiling yes, to that job field, Fetch, right? i was fetching coffee excited you're but i saw but i saw kids that were like man i gotta go make copies right now and you kind of know who's gonna last and who's yeah, not. exactly exactly yeah. you're right. on the okay. field because this is your future exactly so i'm so i'm coming into work doing my thing my presentation is tight. The other guys in the Gophers office, they're coming in. They're bitching. They, they, they are they, bitching a little bit. Their presentation they, wasn't tight. It wasn't on point. That's the best okay. way I could say it. Their but were presentation they, you're not saying tight. their motivation wasn't there. A little bit of both. They weren't seeing the future for Right, themselves. okay, okay. You know what I mean? There's a difference. If you, if you want to be a lawyer and you're mm-hmm. in a law firm, 
you have a You're going to put up those 100 hours a week exactly, or whatever. Right, compared yeah, yeah, to the yeah, guy who's right, like, right. You know what? I think I want to work in my cousin's business, right. but he's in the firm beside you. Yeah, exactly. You're happy to do the research. He's, because you're seeing the future. Totally like, relate to I'm that. I'm researching yeah. today yeah. for what I need to learn right. for the future. Yeah, eye on the prize. Yeah, right, yeah, eye yeah, on yeah, the yeah, prize. Yeah, yeah. You have all these good Come on, man. You should start I just, So, I'm keeping my presentation tight. I'm in there. Yeah. One day, one of the managing editors mm-hmm. of the show says, you look like a pretty hip guy. Mm. What do you think we should be talking about on American Journal? Because they were trying to skew okay. a younger audience. Okay. I was like, well, I can put some ideas together and there get you go. back to you. He's like, sure. Would you do that? Nice. I put together 70 show ideas. Wow. 70. Because <laughs> remember, I've been doing this hip hop thing. Yeah. I'm eating magazines for dinner because that's just what I do. Wow. So here's an opportunity and you're asking me about music, fashion, Again. film, pop TV, pop cultural exactly. things. Exactly. You're asking me what pop cultural things should we This do? is like that show reference you made to me when I go to shows all day when I'd be excited to do it. Exactly. You're just excited. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he says this to me and I'm like, okay, cool. So I put together this list. But 70 is kind of next level, just so you know. I mean, hey, I think people would have done like 30. That was my brief 10,000 jump shots. Wow. That was my brief Kobe there you go. 10,000 Exactly, man. Give yourself so credit. I put this together, right? Amazing. And he says, well, you got to take it to this other guy and okay. show it to him. Yep. So every couple of days I hit the other guy up like, hey, I got my stuff. He's like, yeah, man, I'm busy because shows are taped live. Like, sure. I'm still the gopher. Yep. This guy believes in me, but the guy I need to talk to... He's too busy for me. Okay. So you're trying to get feedback on these 70 ideas. Okay. Okay. So here's when you talk about life, like how you have to make your own magic. So I'm like, look, I got 70 ideas. Mm. The guy I need to talk to is not talking to me. Right. The guy who runs the whole show is in the office every night till nine o'clock. I'm going to hang back. Wait for him to finish his day. And, and talk to and him. Hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the guy oh. I'm supposed to talk to, his boss. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did a diddy. I went right to Woo! Andre Harrell type thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what? If I can't talk to the guy I need to talk to, that's I'm going to talk to his boss. There you go. So I waited. I literally waited. Everyone had left the building. It's basically. Were, was there any fear like this guy oh, was going to yeah. feel slighted? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I went like, from, I'm a, a runner. You're a gopher. I'm a gopher. Yeah. I went to the office of the executive producer of the entire the head, show. The head guy. The head head yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's everybody's Wow. Boss. And I knocked on his door and I said, Mr. Lockman, hi, my name is Arlington Forbes. Wow. Phil asked me to put some ideas together and show them to Eric. Yeah. But Eric's been really busy and he hasn't had an opportunity. Do you mind if I just share them with you? He's like, okay, come in and sit down. Mm. Sat down. I started pitching because that's what you do. You pitch. So a pitch is basically, this is my idea and this is why I think it's good for the show. Sure. So I'm going down my list. Wow. He's like, how many do you have there? I said, well, I have 70. He's like, okay, let's go. So I'm pitching. Now I'm pitching to the EP of the whole show from Gopher. Wow. So I pitch. He's like, okay, I like these 10 ideas. What I want you to do is develop these 10 ideas. Talk to Phil tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tell him you met with okay. me. Yep. I want you to develop these ideas huh. from the runner's office. Huh? What's that From mean? the gopher office. From the so gopher office. So I'm running to get books, and I'm coming back, and I'm calling a record label. I'm running to get books. I'm coming back, and I'm calling a modeling agency. Wow. 
this it is what it is, right? At least he likes. So the what? I, I thought this was gonna be like Disney fair. Like, nah, yo, you got these nah, ideas, nah. kid. Corner office. Nah, you start nah, Monday. Nah. You got these ideas, kid. <laughs> you got these ideas, kid. Yo. Get my sandwich, and if you can yo. develop some of these ideas, yo, we'll yo see Arlington, Phil works for you now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not like that. So I go back down to the runner's office the next day, but a. Charles knows who I am. So yeah. when he sees me in the hallway now, he's like, hey, Arlington. Yeah. He liked some of my deal. ideas, yeah. which means I'm on the right track. Yeah. And I just had to get them booked. Mm. So my first story was twin models mm -hmm. for the Tommy Hilfiger campaign cool. called Charles and Charleston. Okay. It would, I think we called it Double Trouble, something like that. Yeah. But it was a profile on identical twin models, African-American guys that modeled for Tommy. They were the bald okay. guys. I might have seen this. Bald. Yeah. So... I called up Tommy Hilfiger, mm -hmm. met this guy, Peter Paul, who was mm -hmm. head of marketing and PR for Tommy. Right. And these guys don't get, remember, they don't get calls from shows like Inside Edition. Not Gophers. Not <laughs> I know, not for everybody. Because most people at Inside never heard of Tommy what? and never heard, no, because- I thought show, Tommy was a brand at that time. It was, so but what it up? was a youth brand. Oh. So you have 30, 40, you have 40 year old producers on this show. Right, right, That's right. That's not their forte. Right. They're, and they're, It's almost like, uh, yeah, asking a dude in like his 50s or 60s about nudie jeans. Exactly. He wouldn't know. What does he know? Yeah, yeah. Right, but yeah, here I yeah, am, yeah, right, I'm yeah. all in it. Right, exactly. So I booked Charles and Charlton. Yeah, For nice. my first story. Awesome. And once I booked that story, they moved me. I booked the story, mm -hmm. they shot the story, they aired the story. And they moved me from the runner's office upstairs. So the gamble I took, I left DT, went to Inside Edition. Yep. Within 60 days, I became what's called a story coordinator. That's a big jump from... Big, that's right. from broke. Wow. And running around wow. to a good living. Wow. And you're on the path to being a producer. That's amazing, man. I'm now you're inside. doing this new thing. I'm Don't with the gophering. No gophering. All right. Now I call down to the runner's office. <laughs> yeah. And those guys yeah. get me Give me a latte. And they get me portfolio. <laughs> so... I just, I just worked right. really hard. Okay, like, how long, how long were you in this position for? I was a story coordinator for two years. Okay, but they let me shoot. I used to get to shoot, edit, and air my own story. So That's I was amazing. Getting were you credits. autonomous, or did you no. still have to answer? I right. Still okay. Had right. To, okay. Okay. What happened? What was really cool about it is I carved out a niche for myself. Yeah, totally. So I became like the pop culture guy. Yeah, Because great. they're like, if there's a new model, I was the guy pitching that story. If there amazing. was a new TV show. You know what's show, interesting about this, man? This, this is what's interesting. Like, people be like, sometimes like, like you go to a company that sort of is, it, it's comprised of who you are, the fabric of what you are, like you go there. So you didn't go to like, you need to go to a pop. You can either go to a company that's already sort of well ingratiated in the pop MTV. Yeah. See now, hold right. on. But like, I want to make a good point here. Yeah. Or you go to like kind of like a bland, boring company that's like really in need of this, and it's almost like easier to sort of get in there. Yeah, right? get in yeah. there and put your skills to use there. But like, it's a weird decision because you're like, wait, but I'm this dude. Why don't I just go to MTV? Because there's other dudes like me there. Yes. You see what I'm saying? But sometimes this wasn't a conscious choice on your part though. I'm no. just making an observation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know. But I think, you know, everything uh, happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think everything really happens for a reason because yes, did I, at the time, did I want to go to MTV? If MTV had offered me a job, I wouldn't have said no. Like right. I did little small things for MTV and VH1 in, right. in the interim. Yeah. But every young person was trying to get into MTV. No, there are resumes coming off the fax machine all day long. Yes. And those resumes 
Where they go, who knows? But you know that the guy that ends up getting hired yes. seems to know someone that already works there. Right, exactly. Right? Because exactly. someone, I find it. And New that York, was a little frustrating because it's not about talent. Yeah, yeah. frustrating. But yeah. you realize in a city of 10 million people, you don't have time to vet all these people. Exactly. So if you're like, Sam is a good worker, and Sam says Joe is a good worker, bring Joe Boom. in. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy. Otherwise, it's, it's too two. overwhelming. Yeah. You're going to okay. sit there and interview okay. 100 PAs to get one. I'm always a believer. Is look at the market, and if you see a void, fill it. Yeah. So while I'm coordinating and doing my interviews and networking myself around New York, mm -hmm. I'm on the side developing another show. Okay. Because I felt like there was no African-American version of entertainment tonight for youth culture right there was no show that was solid there was no 106 in park not something like that right well, I mean, yeah, yeah, right there was, yeah there was no yeah. basically 106 trl park would probably ET. be right okay et like i yeah. wanted to go on the set do behind the scenes yeah um do profiles was trl a better example of that then like who was doing that who entertainment tonight was doing it but they right. were doing it for the older generation older yeah, yeah, yeah. mainstream yeah, audience yeah, and i'm yeah. like well why can't we do that at the same youth based yeah youth yeah yeah, based, yeah, yeah, but yeah at the same yeah. production value right because you had all these like no 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 yeah totally shows. you had ralph i remember seeing but they were kind of janky for a better exactly. word yeah 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 no one was yeah, doing it at yeah. those production values right right so i was like great here's my own. you saw lane so i developed a show i had people work on it i had people i hired people to do voiceovers I, yeah i developed a professional pilot right and I coordinated my vacation days with NatP. Now NatP is where television shows are bought and sold. Okay. And it happens in it, back then. Most of us aren't going to know what NatP are. Right. Okay. NatP right. is a is National it? Association of Television Production. Okay. Something. Okay. So, it's, but basically, it's where shows are bought and sold in syndication, global syndication. Got it. At the time. Got it. It was in New Orleans. Okay. So Inside Edition was a syndicated program mm -hmm. by King World. Right. I remember seeing the, the King, World, King World thing. World. Yeah, sure. Right. So I coordinate my vacation for Natpe. So I have my tapes, my yeah. videotapes, and my um, binder explaining my show. Wow, nice, right? nice. I go down to Natpe. My first day on the floor, who yeah. do I see? All the executives from the show I work at. Wow. And they're looking at me like, shouldn't you be at the office? I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm trying to sell a show. That is awesome, Arlington. They were looking at me like, weren't you just a runner like a year ago? Wow. And I'm there. And me and my friend Anthula, one of my best friends yep. from Toronto, yep. we're there, ignorant as all get down, wow. trying to sell a show. Wow. And we're going to like, oh, is that the ABC booth? Hi. We're from <laughs> Exposure Productions, and yeah. we have a show that we'd like to show Amazing. you. Amazing. I mean, what was the response like as you were doing okay, these? Yeah, yeah. The thing, when I say ignorant yeah. at all, get down. Uh, mm -hmm. Natpe isn't where they buy new shows. Okay. It's where they sell shows they've already bought. But uh, I didn't understand that part. I didn't understand. Oh that my part. god! <laughs> so I'm trying to show them something to yeah. buy. Wow. And they're trying to sell what they've already bought. So you get like an A plus for hustle. Yes. And people are like, but, yeah. this is really well done. <laughs> yeah. Did you edit this? Yes. Did, who did these interviews? I did the interviews. Yeah. Who wrote the voiceover? We did it all. And they were like, great job. But I'm trying to sell these six shows right here. Oh, man. Here's my card. Tell me this. Call me in New York. It tell me this leads to something. It didn't lead to anything okay, except right. me bettering my skills. Uh, and my bosses didn't... were looking at me like, that dude is on some other level shit. Amazing. Because... 
he's actually has a show to sell. Like yeah. I didn't show them. They the tape. respected the hustle. Yeah, talkers. they respected. So, yeah, it's a yeah. hustle. <laughs> and I think that's that's one of the things. Yeah. If you're a hustler, you hustle. Yeah. So you don't just take a desk and sit there. Because there's a part of you that's like, nah, man. Man, there's money to be made here. Yeah. I know if I got a show on, yeah. I'm going to make great money. Yeah. But I also knew there was a void. Like, this is a show I wanted to watch. Yeah. In fact, I mean, that's what, like, because I was at Interscope when the Beats thing happened. There, like, remember those terrible iPhone buds? Yes. Nope. There was, like, nobody was doing or anything about that. Yep. And so there was this perfect lane. Yep. And you just go. You just so go. You get a shot. Once you realize there's a lane. Yeah. You find it. I think when you're yeah. a hustler, you're always looking for the For the lane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're yeah, doing right, what you're doing right, now. Right. But you're always, yeah. your ears and eyes are always exactly. open. So head on a swivel. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your head's always on a yeah. swivel because yeah. you're like, yeah, I love what I'm doing now. Right. But that could be pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, or there's an opportunity there. That would be fun. Absolutely. And that's what I, that's what I, I feel like I've been fortunate. Yeah. In the beginning, when I came out of college, I had some jobs I didn't love. Uh-huh. I'll tell you the truth. Organizing the uh, CD racks at <laughs> yeah. HMV is kind of whack, maybe, but wasn't it's okay. fun. But you know what? <laughs> I color coordinated Look. the racks. I made little design details awesome, by man. putting the same color coordinated CDs. <laughs> And they basically said, "Okay, you can merchandise the store." I love it because you, you make. But that's kind of what your mom said about you make showing lemons out up of lemonade and showing up on point. You make lemonade out of lemons. Yep, lemonade. show up yeah. on point. On point. Do the best you can do. You I never feel know like where to lead, man. Yeah, if you take a job no. and you're not doing the best you can do, you're yeah. doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely, because people are watching. Opportunities are a buzz that you're not aware of. For sure. But when you go out and you put your best foot forward, someone's like, oh, "Who's that guy?" Take notice. Exactly. Who's that girl? Exactly. You know, she could have just threw that stuff up on the wall and kept it moving. Exactly. They're like, this wall is color-coded. Exactly. It's never been color-coded before. And that's what I was doing. Exactly. I was digging in the back. So, basically, after a little while at Inside Edition, I wanted to move up, and that opportunity wasn't there. Because okay. sometimes you're at a job, and you're giving them everything they need at the level you're at. They don't really need you on the next level. They're getting next-level work from you. You're on level A, or you're on level B, but you're giving them level A work. Yes. So they're good. And they're paying you level B money. That makes total sense. So, so, all right, so how do you I snap out of it? I went to CNN. You, that's where you went next? CNN okay. started a show called Entertainment, um, Entertainment Weekly. You know the magazine? Yeah, of course. Well, that was a time when the, 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 the Buffalo guy, Ted, Ted... Ted Turner. Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah. Bought into CNN and he's like, right. I'm going to make it super cool. We're going to make all these lifestyle shows. We're going to get away from our aging demographic. Yeah. And we're going to go younger. Nice. So they took all these magazines timing, yeah. and decided they're going to make shows. So I ran over there and I'm like, here's my reel. These are all the things I did at Inside Edition. They're like, great, come over here. It was the best and worst thing I ever did. It was the most highly credible job I've had. Yeah. Because I'm like CNN producer. Arlington yeah, it's great. Yeah. You can call anybody. Right. You, there is no one you can call of when course. you say, hi, this is Arlington Forbes. I'm calling from CNN. There is nobody. No. I got a deal on a mattress for my studio apartment. That's amazing. I told That's the guy amazing. I worked in CNN. That's amazing. Right? So I went over there, but it wasn't for me. It, it wasn't. Was really corporate. It didn't resonate totally, right? It okay. was totally corporatized. Right. It wasn't my thing. So I said, so that's okay, a short run there. Short run. I and think then, I was there like eight months. And then where'd you out? Where were you out? Jumped out and said, you know what? Again, I saw a void. Yeah. By dealing with a lot of people in the entertainment community, yeah. fashion, film, modeling, and people coming. You would have this us. network, right? Yeah, I had yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. But what I saw is like, people would call from the record label and say, hey, we want you to do a profile on Buster Rhymes. Right. And we shot some footage ourselves that we think would be great. 
and you'd look at the footage, the shit would be blurry. It'd be you bad. You could barely be see bad. Buster in right. it. I was so like, you're like, we need to reshoot this. Right. Right. I'm like, I'm going to start a production company and shoot that stuff for them. There you go. Because I already know what the TV network okay, is looking so, for because I'm coming from there. Got it. So I'm going to make you the footage that will get played because it's already set up that nice. way. Nice. Okay. So again, I saw a hole in the market. I had a job that was really great money-wise, great on the resume, great credentials, but I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And that's when so. I learned that you can't chase money. Of course. Because I had all the money at CNN that yeah. I needed yeah, as a yeah, senior yeah. guy, yeah. but I was miserable. So I said, okay, I'm jumping out of this boat. I'm going to start my own production. Hip hop and urban entertainment yeah. has evolved. There's Vibe Magazine, there's Honey Magazine. What's the big rapper at this time? Nelly, who's big at this time? Big at this time is uh, Jay-Z is just coming. Jay-Z has just come. Reasonable Doubt, right? Yeah. Reasonable uh -huh, Doubt. Uh -huh. So Jay-Z is coming. Biggie is here, first album. Yep. But what was going on is there was this massive movement of like, Tommy Hilfiger was blowing up, using people like Aaliyah, Usher in campaigns. Mecca, urban clothing was blowing up, You but but blowing up into the second evolution. Okay. Because the first evolution was like woo wear and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now we're talking about Mecca being in Bloomingdale's. Right. Tommy Hilfiger okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. urban team. Nautica was big in the whole Nautica band. Right, okay, okay. Up. Um, so Sean John Fat Farm has its own store like Urban was moving and then you're having black films Spike Lee's making films black talents coming out of Harlem Nelson George is making movies people are writing books the Source magazine is huge it's like the hip hop bible Vibe comes along to be the R&B bible Honey comes along to be the women's youth bible of all this stuff right okay. so all that's happening yep. so I'm like I want to be in that okay because it felt like that's what I want to be a part of so right. I started this company and I'm saying to these people I came from TV mm -hmm. I can make you TV quality video got it again again purposes. with the theme there was a void you saw it boom okay right it. exactly Run okay so okay. yeah so I started my own person so there we go okay I'll give you this the okay. sped up version okay I know we'll be here <laughs> all day so I started my own production company I end up having clients like Nike, Adidas, Coca-Cola. Because they saw what you were doing yeah. with these. The quality, I had a yeah. great reel. Okay. I'm sending it out. I partnered with a friend okay. who had a marketing company Okay. and added video to his marketing company. So we were a two for now. Okay. It's like, we can, we will come up with your marketing and we will shoot your visuals. Okay. And supply you the footage yep. that you can then take and do whatever you want. And we're giving, giving it to you in an urban slant. Okay. So we're there, I'm doing that. Then people, you know, my name starts going around New York. Like, hey, there's this guy, Arlen, nice. does great stuff. So I'm starting to, and then the, the internet comes along. So, so Russell opens 360hiphop.com. Yep. So I start working for him. Then I start working for Diddy's website. Okay. So the, wow. we're doing internet. It's amazing. I'm doing, I'm doing everything I can. That's amazing. But still, yeah. I'm shooting, directing. And you're on your own. I mean, on my of, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my company's doing well. And I'm working my friend's marketing company. Great. So I'm having fun. I'm making all these videos, and then eventually, BET knocks. Uh, now a no. friend, a friend came along and said, "I'm I'm EPing a new show, okay, a syndicated show, yeah, for this network, and I want you to come in." So I came and worked on his show. Then I went back on my own, met my wife, moved to California. Mm -hmm. My friend that I worked at 360hiphop.com yep. used to be the former editor of the Source magazine. Okay, who when I worked at 360hiphop was like, "Your stuff looks just like TV." Calls me up and says, hey, I've just become the EP at BET. I want to give you this part of the show. So you had your own show? I had, 
Er, I basically er, had the autonomy to make yeah. this portion of a show and they would drop it in like a donut. Okay. And I was doing So you weren't California. working for BT corporate per se, no, but you were right. I was an independent operator. That's amazing. For BT. So you got um, autonomy. Had, yeah, that's great. You would great. basically say this is who we want to shoot. Amazing. And how it was shot, what was said, okay. was all me. Now for time's sake, to yes, give sir. us a highlight of one of those projects if you want mind that like you that know we you, did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's what a standout for you? One that I thought was really cool is I interviewed this guy who had been wrongfully in prison wow. for 18 years. He hadn't even seen a cell phone. Wow. When he went in, there was nothing there was called no a cell phones. phone. Wow. And he was young. He went in at like 18, 17, yeah, wow. 16, 17. That's when crazy, I met him, man. he was like 38. That's crazy. I did this great interview, a really cool interview we did with Chuck D. Yeah. Um, and I remember the Chuck D interview because I had mics hanging all around him. Yeah. And I lit each, each mic, so it was like glowing microphones around his face. That's like awesome. Can I find that? Can we find this online? I don't know. I'm gonna I get the link. We're gonna, we're gonna link this up for I everybody seen listening. It, but that was fun. But um, it was a lot of cool no. people. Cheryl Swoops, she was first NBA women's. You interviewed her. Star. Nice, nice. Yeah, Jack did that. Awesome. Because that well, by, by then I married, met my wife, married her, and she was in production. So we kind of continued together. That's yeah. perfect. Now let's get to Canvas, your amazing store here in Malibu, working with art in TV. shoes and. So, got yeah, tired of it. That's that's all that happened. You burnt yeah. out on it. No yeah. longer drove you, <clears throat> right? Okay. We were trying to develop shows on our own, yep. which is very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, still doing production for different entities. Yep. But as time goes on, you know, TV isn't as... There's a corporate element. It's yep. a business. So the flexibility that you might want, you don't have. And I just kind of got tired of the process. So okay. I came to L.A., and when I first came to LA, there was no undefeated. There were no mm. sneaker boutiques. There yeah. was Sporty LA, yep. which paled to the boutiques in at that time. New York had. Um, I mean, but now there's the, there's this craze here though in yeah. LA. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. But back in 2001, there, there was wasn't. only Sporty LA. Interesting. But in New York, we already had a life. Interesting. So I knew what sneaker shops could be. Yep. So I always said to my wife, you know, we should open a sneaker boutique. It took five years. To get rolling with it? Wow, yeah. that's, I didn't realize I it took that long. Okay. It was like that back wow. idea, like every so often you're like, man, we should do that. Of course. And then one day we're just like, we really should do that. And I love how I feel like you've had this natural evolution because we've known each other for years. You start with the shoes yep. and, then, and then you started bringing artists in to display their work, right? It was always meant and to be a boutique and art gallery, sneaker boutique and art gallery. Because coming out of New York, yeah. sneaker boutiques had concepts. This was day one, though? Day one. So the next iteration was you're bringing in clothes. And, then the, next, and clothes. then the next iteration is you're making your own clothes. And All that's actually recent. Process. Yeah, the last... Within the last year and a half. No, we started making Nowhere. our own clothes in 2008. Every, it's like you were you selling said, canvas clothes at 2008? It's a hustle. Okay. Life is a hustle. If you're a hustler, you look for the gaps. You keep and moving you look the gaps. To find right. The win. Right. 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 What can you do? That's exciting. To keep it yeah, moving. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. And also, I feel like as an entrepreneur who thinks that way, like I kind of need you to stay keep in business. Well, that of course, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a given. But also, you want to keep it fresh and interesting sometimes, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I feel yeah. Like yeah. If I'm bored could, in my store. Why should you be excited? Exactly. That's kind of. And it's how like what you said about the TV business. stuff too. You were motivated, passionate, and then you know. When the, if the motivation's exactly. gone, it's time to you move need on. to exactly. Need Does to that rhyme? Almost rhymes. That would have been perfect. <laughs> now, there's a few staple questions. We'll just bounce these out real quick. Sure. Okay. So, biggest blessing in disguise. Go. 
blessing in disguise. Oh God. Maybe you wanted to move up at like, you know, inside edition and like you couldn't move up at inside edition and then, you know. Okay, I see a blessing some, in yeah, disguise taking yeah. the job as a runner. That, Let's be exactly. clear. I yeah. had two degrees mm -hmm. in 1995. Yes. I worked at a record store then I literally went to Harlem in a cab and bought a live chicken back to Harlem. <laughs> you know that. You know what right? keeps popping in is the sugar cookie bit from Dave Chappelle. <laughs> where he's like, "Go get me a sugar cookie." Yes, that's so great. That's great. That so, so I learned that. Sure, I had these credentials. Yeah, but. Wow. So what? That doesn't, That's awesome, You got to do what you got to do to get where you want to be. That's and awesome. And if that meant getting a live chicken, awesome, go man. get the live chicken. If it meant- There was no room for ego there. No room That's to be like, great. yo, I have two degrees. Wow. I, I job. Because I could have took those degrees and went to Wall Street wow. or went to corporate America and been like, here That's I impressive, am. Arlington. Right? That's impressive. But I took it, a, a, I guess a blessing in disguise for me is always learning that it's okay to take a step back. Yeah to take a big step forward. I like that. All right, and it's good for listeners too. So give us your favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote? Don't chase like... money, money will come. That's a chase favorite. Chase what you love, money will come. Money will come. Chase what, what you love, love, money will come. Do what you love, And be patient in that process. You gotta be patient. Do what you love, the money will yeah. follow. It may be rough in the beginning, but the money that's will like follow. That, that's like that 10 year overnight success. Have you heard that term as yes. well? Like, okay. Yes. So yeah. the key is to stay patient, folks. Yeah. All right. Do what you love and the money will follow. And um, random question for you. What item in your store is current? Is your current favorite and why? Let's run that real quick. Anything by Visvim. Primarily the but shoes. But is there a single, like you got a shoe and a model and they just tell us more specifically. My favorite item in my store. Yeah. Jeez. Right now I'm enjoying my canvas Malibu shirt jacket. <laughs> I made it. Man, you can't have a Kanye moment on this show, man. Kanye taught us. If someone puts a mic in front of your face, plug your own brand. That's hustle. That's a, a hustler plugs his own brand. That's amazing. Has Donald Trump ever plugged the Win Hotel? No. No. Did Daisy ever tell you you need to go buy someone oh else's clothes? Oh my god. No. Right. Did Russell Simmons tell you how much he likes polo? No. <laughs> Plug your own Good brand. point, okay. My favorite thing right now, but honestly, my favorite thing right now yeah. is my canvas. We did a shirt jacket recently under our own brand. Okay. And I'm really liking it because the customer it's very dope, I has, saw, been, yeah. has been good. That's and that's, great. again, you know, you make something not to make money. I'm not pleased. I'm not enjoying it because the margin's great. Yeah. I'm enjoying it because my clients The are feedback is right. And that's they're enjoying exactly, it. man. I love that. Yeah. Don't you think we have a habit of you know, sort of seeing the person with the success and, you know, we don't highlight like the struggles and the twists and For the sure. turns. Like, why is that? You know? Because everybody <laughs> wants, and like you said, everyone wants the Disney moment. Is that it? And it's, yeah, and it's easier to focus on the Disney moment. Like right. when I think of Diddy, okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you think of Diddy, mm -hmm. What do you think of? What's the first thing you think of? Success? Think of? I don't know. I mean, mogul? I okay, mean, yeah. Him being a mogul. Yeah. You know what yeah. I think of when I what think of What do you of think Diddy? of? Yeah. I think of him being the guy that used to drive the train from Howard University in D.C. Yeah. to Manhattan to intern at Uptown Records and then hustle back to D.C. because he was throwing parties to make extra money. Wow. That's what I think of. But you got a chance to meet Diddy yeah. and Biggie, right? Because you worked on the thing. So. Yeah. I guess. But that's what I think about. No, no, I but I'm saying, like, 
is somebody that maybe's never met them and is looking from like the outside. I haven't met them. That's an outside looking in. Well, let's be clear. You're gonna see. He and I are not buddies. <laughs> okay. no, 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 let's not oversell but, it. But you're well yeah, aware. Man, like, you're yeah, well aware. Hey, hey, Biggie. Hi. <laughs> we like, weren't having lunch. Go ahead, there go. are some there are music guys that I know better, but but the point but, is I I you're, I you're familiar him. with the story. Exactly. Story. So I don't just look at the cars. I, I know the Andre Harrell and that. I mean I'm vaguely familiar, but but right. a lot of people aren't familiar at all. Well and, I think and, if and, you look yeah. at someone's success, you're just seeing you, a mogul and you're right. like this guy well, look at but, how he yeah. got to be that mogul. Right. And that's the and part that's Kobe by the way. And it's back to Kobe. Yes. It's so like nobody thinks about the 4.30 a.m. jump shots. They exactly. think he just wakes up. At, this is him. Yep. Yep. And I just, I want to call attention to that, man. I, like, I it's, a, right. it's a hustle. It's I like you got to push. We live. Yeah. I'm 47 now, so I've lived through different eras. Yeah. The current era we live in now, Oof. everyone just focuses on the success. Yeah. And most people are not willing to do the work to no. achieve that success. And honestly, social media is making it worse and because you're putting media. up the highlight reel. The highlight you're not reel. putting up you're reality, in a man. Of highlight reel. And then what happens is people can feel like like they're on a struggle. They have these gopher moments you had, yep. and they're they're feeling like man, like they I'm feeling out. fucked up right yeah, now. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that if you look at anybody's success, right? Everyone goes through their up and downs, ups cool. and downs. Everyone. But the most thing, but what's really important is you have to have confidence and belief in yourself. Right. So when you're out there and you're doing that shitty job, you have to know that you have a bigger vision for your life. That's what gets you by. You can't worry you can't about the compare, money. And you can't and compare you yourself can't. to other how you gonna, people. How are you going to yeah. be riding a bicycle <laughs> and compare yourself to a guy in a Bentley? You weren't doing that when you were no. at some of those shows? Like no, you weren't I looking at producers right. You're like, this is my like lane. Okay, there on. you go. There What's you go. my goal? I want to have my own show. There you go. I want to be a producer. It's intervals. I want to get out of this runner's yep. office. I want to be a coordinator. Yep. Now that I'm a coordinator, I want to be a producer. You know? Love it. And I had a big, big vision, which is I want to have my own show. But I'm still going through the steps. But yeah. at the end of the day, when the chips got down, I was like, I can do this. Amazing. I can do this. And the truth is, I'll tell you another thing, and I, I think it's important to tell people. Yeah. When I was in my struggle, mm -hmm. I never forget, there was a day I was in my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Yep. And I fucking cried. You did? I cried. <laughs> and you know why I cried? Because I felt like I had all this talent yeah. that I couldn't get anybody to see. Ooh. But I felt like I had it. Exactly. So I was so frustrated. How, how did you deal? You just... I gave myself a day to cry and then I got up and went wow. back out there. Picked wow. up the phone and started and called See, that's people. what we're doing. Man, thank you for coming on today, man. Because see, this is... We're trying to humanize the hustle. Like, yes. people need to know. Yes. This is what goes into it. That's why, right. that's thank why I'm Thank you telling. for sharing openly and amazing. And now before the batteries run out, we've been having people pick a card with an interesting question on it. Take one of these cards and you got like 30 seconds to run on it. If money was not an issue, how would you spend your time doing what I'm doing now? There you go. That's a drop the mic moment only. Don't drop my mic, please. <laughs> okay. Thank you for uh, coming on today. Now give us like the socials real quick. Is there an Instagram or something people can check out? We'll yeah. link it up after. Go sure. Ahead. You can check us out on Canvas Malibu. That's our Instagram. We have our Twitter. Everything's Canvas Malibu. You Boom. Can Canvas Malibu, we pop up. I Facebook, like how you Twitter, keep it Instagram. consistent. Branding. Branding, consistency. Branding. Yeah. 
and keep. This is a good show. Yeah, man. I like this thank show. you for I think coming up. I, I, before I leave, I want to say, a, thank you for inviting me. B, I think this is a good show because I agree with you. I think so many young people, they're just looking at the highlight reel and they don't know and how to And it's only get getting there. worse, you agree, with the social media. They so this is actually, yeah. And they're just sitting it's, out there lost. Like, there you go. How do I go from where I am to what I think I need to be, which is $20 million, $100 exactly. million, See, man? a billionaire. Yeah. So you know, I think I'm from, this, is, this is important. I appreciate that, man. Hustling and hustlers are interesting people, but you know what's a funny thing? Yeah. Me and my friend talk about, you have to know when to put the hustle down. To know when to put the hustle down. A hustler has to evolve into a businessman. Oof. Or else you won't get where you want to be. I like that. If you hustle too long, you you can't spot stability. That's right. And you're just in hustle mode, meaning you're trying to turn two into four. Right. Four into eight. But at a certain That's point, another good gem, you transition man. that into a legitimate business. That's why everybody does it. That's a if you great think of all the point, people that man. Hustle, all the people that we could pick. That's a great What if they point. become legitimate business people with Almost, diverse interests and you know what and they're not hustling that, that way that moment can occur anywhere down the line in your career or life because yeah. i look at i look at jimmy who started interscope mm -hmm. he did like the ultimate transition from hustle into like big business with like the three billion dollar apple deal do you know yes. What I mean? yes yeah so and jimmy has a you can have easy story Oh, his story is crazy. No, he was crazy. like an intern at like a, a recording studio yes and then he kind of did what the you Eagles? did no, Bruce Springsteen was like the first one, yeah. the, the first guy to vouch for him, right? right? But he did what you did. He like with the, I got these 70 ideas and I'm just going to bump up to like the top guy. Right. Well, he was like, <laughs> like some guy showed up sick or something and he was like just a gopher basically at the studio. Right. And he went into Bruce's studio session and was like, didn't know him from a hole in the wall. I was like, yo, like, let me, let me handle this tonight. Right. And that's literally where it started. And that's yeah. why you have Jimmy doing the $3 billion deal with yeah. Apple. So. Yeah. I'm just saying that can that 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 point of, that you're talking about where you transition can happen several times in your life too. You yeah, know, but so you have to. You have to you it know. can happen at any point. Yeah, it usually happens after a few hustles have evolved. Yes, because again, you're hustling. There's no stability in hustling. Hustling is the steps. Yeah, but it's the, the stepping. And when that stability comes, then you have to transition. So, so once you find your revenue source through your hustle, right now it's time to really. Expand, pivot, and expand, pivot, and and go for that stability, right? Yes, okay. It's no longer about turning two into There you four. go. You're making money, already. but you're an advocate of hustling. If you're right? not a hustler, I don't know how you make money. I came here with five garbage bags of clothes. Incredible. That's it. That's how I got Amazing. here. Amazing. Amazing. So everyone comes with that. Okay. There you go, guys. A lot of wisdom to digest. <laughs> a lot of time. Okay. Thank you for coming on, Arlington. And, um, yep, we will sign off. Walking on a